Dear Mr. Hammett. Dear Miss Smith. Dear Mr. Goldberg, thank you for your thank recent you for your application, application to the role, role of assistant producer. We're currently reviewing all applications and we'll get, get back, back to you as soon as we can. You can browse other vacancies at blah, 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 Due to the high blah, blah, blah. volume of applications, we're writing to inform you that unfortunately we won't be taking your application further. any further. Hello and welcome to Jobs Board, the podcast that voices the frustrations of three young journalists as we try and break into the jobs market during the middle of a pandemic. I'm Bryony Smith and joined by my wonderful fellow co-presenters, George Goldberg. Hi. And Ollie Hammett. Hello. As always, we'll be talking all about job hunting and we'll have another fantastic guest as they try and play their CV right. But first, let's have a catch up. George, what have you been up to this week? Um, I have had my head in shame because after... <laughs> okay! <laughs> I did something which I promised myself that I wouldn't do and is get excited about a job that when I've got through to the next round, mm. I, I've always told myself that I try and re- remain level-headed and calm because I've been there before, I thought I've got a job, but start planning my train journey down and all this stuff, but um, no... The, uh, the the interview that I was on about in the last episode, I had an email back the uh, the other day saying that I I wasn't successful. They were positive, but um, oh, yeah. I'm really sorry to hear that. It's okay, and I think it's just one of those things that you you do really have to learn how to be resilient, especially in this time right now. So, do you have any sort of strategies that you use to sort of pick yourself up again and get back out there and apply for more jobs what what have you learned over the last couple of weeks I think one of the things is taking a break because I think you do need to realize that while you're sort of sending off applications in sort of not desperation but you're really trying to hunt for for these jobs that it is quite tiring and I think you probably only realize that when you stop and think and really reflect on your, your mental well-being really on this because you can easily burn out trying to chew yourself up. You didn't get that job or you did this wrong. And I think you just need to take some TLC care on yourself. I think that's quite hard for some people to realise as well, because for those that are going out in the daytime, working whatever hours, nine to five, they come back in the daytime and you've been sat the entire day at the dining room table or at your desk just applying for jobs. They're probably thinking, well, they haven't really done a lot today, have they? They've just been sat on their bum really so I think for some people it's quite difficult to see that you've actually been really busy so I totally get the sort of burnout feel yeah 100% I I, am I'm very much when I sort of have to do something I'm very driven and I don't really want to stop until I do that thing but obviously I can't just work forever until I find a job (laughs) but that's sometimes what it feels like I know what you mean George it's a kind of furore of just applying and applying and applying and I think it's also quite good to checking in yourself on maybe your motivations and I think it's making sure that while you may be applying to something that isn't necessarily your immediate first choice that it's still right for you rather than you applying and getting stuck in that role just because you needed a job which obviously yes that's earning money but long term that isn't particularly sustainable for everyone yeah I think that's exactly right I managed to get my first job interview in four months of looking nice one uh was not a journalism job um it was actually it was a sales job in kind of tech sales 
and the only real motivation, I had two motivations for it, which were I'd get to speak Spanish a lot and I would earn so much money. <laughs> uh, like, honestly, I'd forgotten how well paid sales gigs are. I've just been looking at journalism jobs as sort of 20K for so long that I forgot that there were jobs that were better paid than that. And you get, you know, commission and everything. But yeah, I still haven't decided. I'm waiting to hear back on it. Um, but I'm feeling, I just, I really struggle with the idea of sort of pivoting slash giving up temporarily on a career in journalism. Because there's something in me that really still wants to believe that, you know, there is a job out there that I can get. It is difficult when you've been applying for several weeks and haven't had any responses. Because we've done a master's in journalism, I think we probably all forget that we've done an undergrad where we gained other different skills. Like in my, for my undergrad, I did economics. So a lot of the jobs that now that I'm looking at is trying to use that a bit more exclusively. And obviously, yes, journalism is brought into that through the transferable skills of communication and teamwork and working at pace. Um, It's just not necessarily in a newsroom outputting a radio or TV program. It's just using our skill sets in a different way, really. Well, in the case of my undergrad, which is languages, uh, (laughs) I did partly did an undergrad degree in languages because I didn't know what else I wanted to do. (laughs) And then I thought that, you know, I would focus it up a bit by doing a journalism degree afterwards because a languages degree is so open. You can do essentially anything. And a lot of people who do languages degrees don't actually end up using their languages at all in what they end up doing. So I, to counter that, George, I'd say that I find it a bit difficult to lean on just my undergrad because it just sort of leaves me, it it gives me too many options and I just get lost. And you want them to be narrowed down. Yeah, no, I get that. Somebody narrow my options down. (laughs) I'm still seeing a downturn in in general journalism jobs. Um, a A lot of the jobs I've been looking at this week there's one, there's the trainee news journalist for the Mail Online. And that's essentially all I found. The rest are kind of for charities or um, different organisations. Well, yeah, my, my jobs list is now filling up more with grad schemes uh, of banks and other public sector organisations such as the civil service fast stream. On the flip side, though, I have seen a few more production-based roles being advertised because... They obviously put filming on hold during the sort of peak of the pandemic, um, which means that we're coming to the winter months where typically people spend more time at home watching more television um, or, you know, online content. And I think they're running out of stuff, to be honest with you. (laughs) I think they need to start filming again ASAP for the months of sort of December, January, February, March short time. Otherwise, they're going to just not have any content. So I have seen a few more of those type of positions um, crop up. Because yeah, there's there's a big, there seems to be a big gulf between kind of, what am I saying here? Sort of news production and... And just I television production. It, yeah, like maybe fictional production, if that makes sense. Yeah, it sort of crosses into the entertainment, that, um, yeah. entertainment and reality TV sort of world, I guess. Yeah, and I I've, I see a fair few positions for that, but I just don't. It's really difficult to stand out, even with a you know a degree in journalism, because they would quite rightly ask, you know, why why aren't you applying to journalism jobs? Mm. There's a, there's definitely a blurred line because 
you know, if you've got like a factual entertainment program or a documentary, obviously that can be classed as sort of like journalism and news. But then if you're going into like the game show world, <laughs> it's quite difficult yeah. to be like, ah, oh, yes, hard news to game show. Exactly. Yeah. There's just no way. Like somebody posted recently on LinkedIn about jobs working for the, was, is it Endemol Shine that make pointless? Mm. And I just thought, if you don't have any experience, how can you possibly demonstrate that i mean i love pointless it's a great show but you know i can't just say i watch pointless all the time and i get i get a pointless answer every episode (laughs) (laughs) um it's just it's really something really difficult to to prove i think do you watch pointless and get a pointless answer all the time (laughs) but i do do quite well like i do better than the contestants oh if i was on pointless Bryony, maybe we should try and team up you two Maybe we should. But there, actually, one thing it did specify is that I saw another thing saying applications to be on Pointless are now open, but you have to be from the same household. Ah. Yeah. So we need to move in together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, <laughs> why don't you come to London? I'll... Happily. <laughs> Happily. Save my sounds, commute every week. sounds like a kind of podcast spin-off. <laughs> We've only done four episodes, <laughs> and now we've got like the Fraser to our cheers. <laughs> um, okay, one thing we wanted to talk about this week is the government's alternative careers assessment service that was released a couple of weeks ago now, and has been quite widely criticised for essentially telling people to give up on their dreams. And that's what we're discussing in this week's podcast, anyway. So we thought we would all do this quiz and share our results with you so who'd like to go first so i've got a very wide range of uh roles that have come up one of my favorites on here is hotel room attendant (laughs) (laughs) um so uh, the, the description is literally a hotel room attendant make sure that hotel rooms are clean tidy and inviting for guests which I'm sure I could surpass that with typical hours between 39 and 41 hours a week. You could do early mornings, but um, the average salary is uh, less than uh, inviting with the lowest at 11,500, which did make me slightly cry when uh, in comparison to another job that, let me find, where is that one? (laughs) When it sits in the law and legal section of a judge so i could could see myself doing that yeah. but the the average cool. salary of that is move aside judge rinder we've got judge goldberg in oh yeah. <laughs> judge goldberg's actually really got a ring to it i would happily do that with a salary of one hundred and twelve thousand to two hundred and fifteen thousand. so nice. starting salary for a judge yeah the starting salary is one hundred and twelve thousand. Oh and also uh, we've all we've all been to court to sort of look at trials and report on them before and as far as i can tell what the judge does is ask very obvious questions if it's a very technical thing because they're all a bit old and they might not understand and you they just call recesses whenever they like <laughs> so <laughs> they have such a sweet gig and they get I know paid that's not only what they do but okay <laughs> i mean i mean I, I i was around there for a while Bryony, and all i could see them doing was banging a hammer let's take five <laughs> Um, but my favourite bit on this is the you could work whatever and on this website normally it will go you you may have to work long evenings and bank holidays and stuff this is just you might have to work between eight and six 
which I would happily work those hours if I was paid over 100k. So, 806 with an hour for lunch, I assume. There is a real variety of of jobs that have been suggested. Like I I am not one to be a footy fan and one of them is a referee for football. I also got that one. You I got also, a referee. I also got a football referee as Amazing. as my potential job. The other ones that I got um were journalist. <laughs> oh. oh my. I don't know about that. Great. I don't know. Um, video editor, social media, okay. journalism, um, newspaper and magazine editor, also <laughs> journalism. <laughs> Friday, this is a calling. <laughs> so yeah, I think you might be set for a career in And And the only other one that I got was entertainer entertains the audience <laughs> in stage, cabaret or comedy shows. And I have <gasps> been told before, I'm very funny. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> So there we go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've I've also thought about becoming a stand-up, but I just don't think. How would you become a stand-up now? Uh, online, I guess. But I don't know, like. Yeah, I think you would have to do like about, Zoom, like, Zoom comedy shows. Yeah. Like but I think I'd find it really. It'd be really weird without knowing if anybody's laughing. Yeah, you just have to read the comments, and there's like thumbs yeah. up. Like I'm enjoying <laughs> this. Or just lots of emojis. <laughs> Can I just go back to referees? How much do you get paid as a referee? Does it say? It doesn't. It just says variable for my. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was gonna say, like, you could, you could be like an under 11s Clearly, they don't know that I don't know a lot about football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose you start, you start at the bottom, don't you? And then you're, and then you're in the Premier League or the World Cup or whatever. Yeah, from local well, youth to amateur leagues up to professional level. I right. can do it now. <laughs> yeah. What things did you get, Ollie? Because I, I, I don't feel my suggestions reflect any of mine. Of I don't traits. feel that mine do either. Even the ones. So the top career, it gives you, it gives you, um, sorry, career paths, and then you can answer more questions to find out specific jobs. So creative and media for me was top, but based on my answers, it doesn't actually list any of the things that I'm interested in in creative and media. <laughs> so I've got photographic technician studio sound engineer and photographer i'm terrible at taking photos and i don't find it interesting at all so is this all coming up under creative and media because that just doesn't appear for me whatsoever yeah really? i don't have those options either does it give you an option to answer more questions there should be like a green button i don't me. i don't that doesn't appear for me oh i get i get um how let me read the sections that i get out so i get manufacturing Sports and leisure, travel and tourism, science and research, law and legal, business and finance, teaching and education, emergency and uniform services. Oh, could, uh. could be a fireman. Uh, retail and sales. That's amazing. Do you want me to take you further down my list? Yeah. So the top one was career. Uh, sorry, creative and media. The second one down is hospitality and food. Uh, oh, there's some quite good jobs here. So the chef, I would actually love to be a chef. I love to cook. What's the, your go-to dish, Ollie? Uh, well, I just made some pasta for lunch that almost made me cry. Whoa, steady on. So nice. Yeah, I was just so... I had a, a hankering for pasta, and it, it satiated my, my need. Mm. Got some chorizo in there, some olives. Was it al dente? Chili. It was al dente, yeah. Beautiful. I think an Italian would have... Um, yeah, he would have, like... He would have tasted it, and then he would have put his fingers together and made a gesture like Italians always do. <laughs> in chef's my mind. kiss. Is that what it's called? I didn't, well, that's what my friend always says. Oh, chef's kiss mm. if a meal's really good. Oh, are you oh, thinking okay. more about Salt Bay? 
<laughs> no, I wish we were on video now because I could show you. <laughs> but you know when Italians kind of um, put their fingers into a claw? Yeah. Like that. Well, I look forward to the cooking spin-off podcast of this program. We've got too many. Maybe even Brian and I can start our own restaurant in our in our house. In our new house together. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got I got chef. I got cake decorator. Oh, so you you've got like mains and desserts sorted. Yeah, I've got the whole the whole gamut. I just need to. I'm not really a desserts guy, but I could learn. And my favourite result uh, underneath that was animal care. Oh, which wow. yeah, animals animals are fine. Like, and the top. <laughs> The top job for me in animal care was a horse groom. <laughs> I just, I don't know the first thing about that. I've never been interested in horses. You're quite tall, so you could be... Yeah, <laughs> reach. I'm not you sure mean? the algorithm could, like, knows how tall he is. <laughs> I could do both sides with one arm, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yes, I don't remember being asked uh, height. But in the, in the question, <laughs> Isn't it interesting that we've all got such different suggestions? Have you been struggling with getting a job during lockdown? Email us at hello.jobsboard at gmail.com or tweet us at jobsboard. Why don't we bring our guest on for this week and find out what they got in their alternate career quiz? Sammy Haynes, are you there? Hey, yeah. Hey, how's it going? Hello everybody, it's so nice to hear from you all and to hear Yeah, nice, nice to speak to you. And it was, I must admit, it was eye-opening what I got my results. Really? <laughs> so just, uh, just before we hear your results, Sammy, what's your kind of background and what are you looking for? job-wise at the moment um yeah so I would say like as a person I'm quite creative and I'm very much from a background of uh especially in school like enjoying things in art and history so that mm-hmm. led me to do an undergrad in history with a it's like an Italian renaissance choice so I learned history and Italian at Warwick University for my undergrad okay and then I moved straight on because in my life I've always since I was about 10 or 11, wanted to have some sort of career which related to journalism. Um, I was particularly kind of motivated by role models who I look up to. Mm. So like, I used to, because my me and my grandma, she's from Sheffield, and we used to go and like, I, she was very interested in the news. So we used to watch um, all the news programmes and she'd talk about people who she thought was good and like, you know, in a proper like Sheffield broad accent. You know, <laughs> this person's like, you know, this person's a decent lass. This one's not, don't know what she's on about. Um, and so I, I got a real admiration um, for people like Alex Crawford and also for Kate Aidy. They're very strong, like female journalists who kind of push the boundaries of what you think a person would be able to kind of do for their profession so mm. kind of just this really intense feeling of like yeah that's what I want to be like so that kind of motivated me to try and pursue a career in journalism at school I was told oh no 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 like you shouldn't do an undergrad in journalism you should do an undergrad in a different subject and then return to journalism or do some work at university and like a radio or something so you know, <laughs> as a naive person, I listened to this instruction and I went to go and do my um, undergrad in history because I thought that sort of relates as a topic um, mm. and thought that I could be able to maybe pursue some of my journalistic um, interests whilst I was there. So, yeah, um, that motivated me to kind of think, 
how can I really get the qualifications that you need um, when it comes to things like law exams, for example? So yeah, I thought I'll look up the best masters and I found City and yeah. <laughs> and then it all went from there, yeah. So yeah, tell us about your government results then. Yes. If you, so, can't have a, if you can't have a career in journalism, what can you have? Well, this is very interesting and I actually do find it. So if you remember me talking about people who I looked up to, like Alex Crawford, she did a lot of um like well she's foreign foreign correspondent for Sky so lots of like um reporting in conflict zones, and my first one which came up was that I should be in the emergency and uniform services, and that I should be a soldier. Ah, no way. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> and then it said I should be a paramedic, um which I find interesting because both of my both of my parents. Um, are physios so I've got a very medical background in that respect um, so yeah I've got a paramedic in there as a, as a medical career and then a security officer <laughs> <laughs> so, is, that, is that like the modern term for a security guard effectively I think that it says security officers make sure buildings valuables and people are safe and secure I do think that those are very interesting jobs to be and then second it was saying creative and media and it was journalists but I do okay. find that kind of an interesting connection in kind of where I see the journalistic goal for me the type of journalism that I would find very um just very worthwhile and yeah it's linking to are you interested in sort of conflict reporting or war reporting or sort of international? Yeah. So I'm definitely interested in like, I've never wanted to sit in one place. I'm quite an active person and I'm, I'm, I like to think, this is me bragging here, but I like to think I'm quite adaptable. Um, so I've always found myself kind of driven to look for a career which takes me more in a, in a global um, way. And so I can travel and like, I don't know, have a different thing um, to tackle each day so yeah. I think being obviously being a foreign correspondent would be an incredible thing to to look to but I'm also aware of the, the fact that there's a lot to go through before you can think about that you have to do your time and you have to really show that you're in you know, a professional enough in a crisis situation so it is something that I have always wanted to do yeah I definitely say that and especially yeah. I guess working abroad or working in an element of I mean I considered potentially embassy work um, something that helps me to kind of push my language skills as well and meet people. Mm. I've also considered embassy work in the past. I think, yeah, what you said there, Sammy, just really uh, hit a note with me too. I also want to work abroad and internationally, etc. Um, I think embassy life, is, embassy work is the life. Embassy life. <laughs> <laughs> embassy life. <laughs> well, I think like my, my um, kind of admiration for diplomats occurred when I was when I was in I said I did it Italian at Warwick um when I was in Rome we got invited to go to the embassy and um I met the British ambassador to Italy in San Marino and oh wow what a woman she's amazing yeah. she's the first ever um well the first ever female ambassador and I just think that's such a such an interesting power play with this whole element of like soft diplomacy and I did I did find that quite quite an experience so, so have you obviously um sort of international travel and international jobs have been really affected mm -hmm. by the pandemic um as sammy and i can vouch for have you actually managed to sort of find any routes into you know war correspondency or, or international journalism so with um definitely with like conflict reporting 
you've got to be really careful. Um, there are very often something will come up which might be say like a private type of job so you're not an obvious broadcaster um and there might be an advertisement for it uh but I never apply to those and I never probably would never consider it um because I can't really see how you'd get the appropriate backing and the appropriate like care team with you um you don't want to put yourself in danger at the end of the day you want there to be a a safe um what safety net you know procedures in place to sort of get you out if there's trouble or stuff like that Mm -hmm. and I think the most important thing which people forget I don't want to be put in danger because it's also really inefficient to be put in danger if (laughs) the pictures are interesting but like (laughs) it's such a pain honestly (laughs) (laughs) you're not gonna be able to like actually tell a story if you know you're in a really really sticky situation it just makes it more difficult so yeah you don't want conflict to be happening that's not a good you don't want it to be happening but I I do think that like it's important so it's not necessarily always what you think is an obvious conflict it's important to report things which might be more hush hush and going on in like neighborhoods which is just unspoken and things which occur in households which are kind of more community problems which are still elements of conflict but they're not necessarily what's being covered. Also, I would never have, I mean, I'm quite a confident person, but I would never have the goal to even, there'd be no point in trying to apply for a job as a foreign correspondent for me, because I've not got any experience. That Yeah, that would be ambitious. <laughs> um, I'm quite an ambitious person, but I'm not I'm not quite that level of, yeah. I think that, that's like apprentice contestant levels of ambition. <laughs> yeah i'm not quite there yet (laughs) well i suppose we should probably check out whether your cv would get you fired sammy oh dear Uh, yeah so um this part of the uh show is uh where we get our lovely victim (laughs) Uh, (laughs) to me here (laughs) (laughs) we scan their cv through a spit of software called an applicant tracking system which for people who don't know large organizations instead of getting a human or a poorly paid intern at the other end to read a CV or cover letter, they'll get a bit of software to do so. Now, the downside with this is that they convert maybe your funky columns or your pictures all into plain text and all bung it on one line. Uh, But looking at Sammy's CV, it might be the best scannable one because it's all on one line. So (laughs) me saying that, Sammy... I did that intentionally Ah. because um, from... From discussion, so my boyfriend's applying for jobs, we're both in the same boat, and he's applying to a lot of um, like data science jobs and um, machine learning jobs. And he gave me a bit of a tip with that. He said that so many big companies just run your CV through um, a computer system for the first like sift. So despite the fact that my CV previously was very kind of aesthetically pleasing with nice columns, and I even used some coding thing um, to do to kind of make it look more presentable in a format Um, he said to me well you know what it looks brilliant but it's no good if it doesn't get through the first sift round because it's broken up or whatever happens with the system so I've made it very boring for the minute (laughs) yeah I think uh, like to make it really plain but the content good does seem to help against the machines so you're feeling positive about your cv oh i doubt it i don't know (laughs) Uh, can we uh why don't we just get a rundown of the leaderboard again uh yes so oh here we go (laughs) (laughs) you're not bottom anymore it's just like oh just tell me again who's top (laughs) well 
Ollie, our very own Ollie, is first with 81 points. So a round of applause to him. <laughs> oh, no, no, I wasn't asking for a round of applause. Thank you. Uh, I, I am on 79 points behind him. Ollie Roberts, Ooh. he's on 75. Ayush, mm. who joined us on the very first show, on 70 points. Bless Briny on 64. And then bringing up behind Bless, it's Ollie on 60. So you've got, I think, a decent amount of opportunity to, uh, to, to at least not be bottom, but you never know. So, let's put it in. Sammy, you got, out of 100, 77. So, it means you're now, well, it means that you're third. and uh, So, it means that now Bryony is now sixth. <laughs> mm. I'm sorry. Well done, Sammy. <laughs> that is a really good job. Um, so let's have a look at some of the comments. So, like that, it's a recently updated TV. Um, it's got your name in the title, and that overall, it's under one megabyte in size. Uh, it likes your pages and your word count. It also likes that you haven't gone really garishly. You, you've gone with good choice of font color, decent amount <laughs> of white space. It's all looking good. It can find your key sections, all of this. Um, one thing that it says that could be improved is possibly including a LinkedIn URL. Could be something that you pop in. Yeah, it is struggling and I've still yet to actually figure this out for myself. Um, it sometimes struggles with grades. So you might want to make sure that you've got those grades in on your um, on your CV. And, uh, and it's also just having a weird issue with some of your job titles. But apart from that, um, maybe include a, a personal profile section on the top of your CV to maybe bung in some more keywords. But honestly, other than that, it is a pretty happy machine. Uh, I think you've done a really good job on this, Sammy. Oh. Oh, thank you. I mean, is me and the machine may have conversed before this happened. Uh, <laughs> we're going to look into machine corruption. I may have, I may have said machine learning earlier. It's maybe something. Oh yeah, you gave yourself away there, Sammy. You and your boyfriend colluding. Um. So yeah, I mean, I definitely do think a LinkedIn um thing at the top would be good. I sometimes. I send so many different CVs for different. I try and tailor them um, within the same sort of standard format. I, I went straight into my masters after my undergrad, so I've not done a formal, I'd say, full time job um, like Bryony has. But uh, I kind of just I've done loads and loads of different part time work, and I always find it very challenging to work out whether employees in journalism would want to see that I'd actually performed those jobs and that it wasn't all just a lot of work experience and the odd job at university. So I had a uni temp job at uni, which was to do with writing um, digital um, articles. But other than that, I've I've done lots of other work, but I don't know whether to include it or not because I don't know whether they'll look at it and just be like, oh, that's not relevant or... Yeah, I think that's such a good point. I've often asked myself the same thing because um, with a CV, you're kind of walking a tightrope between making it uh, simple and readable, but also making it comprehensive, because you don't want the person reading it to immediately switch off, going, oh my god, it's three pages long, but also you don't want to really leave anything out. Which might be where you put in your LinkedIn, and if possible, you maybe bring in 
different experiences in your in your cover letter which aren't necessarily covered in your uh your cv obviously i might be mm. spouting incorrect information but maybe there are a couple of points that's a good point actually yeah yeah because i do find it very challenging and um part of my work at the moment so is when i when i graduated with you guys it was obviously a very different type of graduation and we weren't necessarily doing the work experience that we could have been doing to make those contacts in person because i do believe that is the best way to really network and find a job that's right for you and meet people who are on the same you know thinking the same way as you we weren't necessarily able to do those because of the the lockdown and the pandemic and everything um so i've had to shift my focus a bit to um, what I was doing in my holiday before I did my master's. So I've been doing some modeling. Um, so like I, I model for an agency. I've been doing it since I was about, well, 15, but formally starting at 16. Um, and so that's always been a sort of ad hoc thing that I've had going on in my life. And I do enjoy it, but I know that it won't last forever and that it's a very, um, not a massively dependable kind of, um, you know, it's not a nine to five job. <laughs> like sure and it, yeah it's not necessarily regular not necessarily regular so I sometimes think do I put that onto a CV which I'd send to a journalism job how would they perceive that it's a challenging um, balance I guess it depends what type of journalism job it was if it was for a fashion magazine then mm. I'd be like uh, yeah yes absolutely but then if it's for the world service or yeah 10 o'clock news mm. probably not like because you don't want them to to there's a lot of um unfortunately i think there's a lot of kind of stereotyping and unless you've worked in the industry a lot of people won't realize um that it's it's very dependent on different skills which you'd use in, in a job so confidence networking um understanding what a client needs for a particular because it's it's your responsibility to make sure that that day goes well or else they've wasted money so there is a lot of like adaptability needed and there's a lot of pressure situations and stuff like that so I do think it's a relevant thing to be doing for my progression but I also do worry potentially about a stereotype that might arise within journalism because it could be assumed that I would want to uh fast track forward and just be an on-screen reporter and not care about the stuff which you which you you know the other different elements which is so important in a newsroom i can vouch that sammy is a very good camera woman working with her before <laughs> but hopefully sammy that we can find your forever job so it's this part yes. of the program where once you've scanned your cv forever job. we can uh <laughs> i don't think it's the forever job well you never know you, you, oh, yes, sammy might quite like my job but you never know you might have to see well why don't you hit us George? so um i'm i'm i feel like my thunder has been slightly stolen because um, it was mentioned as a result that someone got in the uh, National Career Service questionnaire. But um, I thought Sammy might quite like to be a horse groom. Ah! <laughs> Should we, we can open our own business, Sammy. <laughs> you know what? I do love horses. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't take that job. Exactly. So, like, this job description says that a typical day would involve mucking out boxes, water, doing Oof. hay... <laughs> Uh, I, sorry, can I just insert? I love how that's the first thing they say that will be involved. You'll be clearing up some shit. Um, well, it, it, straight to the point. It is actually very explicit. In um, it says field management includes poo picking. It does actually say that. So there are also other roles also involved: um, food bowl cleaning, tack cleaning, uh, riding school, and hacking. But uh, I honestly, once I saw this, I thought. 
Sammy, I could see her on a horse. <laughs> Thank you so much, George. Uh, I will take that in the best light. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my alternative career this week is something I think you'll like, Sammy. So Mm -hmm. you've heard of Super Nanny. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of the Italian Nanny? (laughs) Wow. So there's a family in London. Um, they're looking for an Italian or French-speaking nanny to look after their two daughters, aged six and two. You must be patient, caring, kind, attentive to the child's needs. It says healthy food, but not extreme. <laughs> <laughs> um, pet friendly, and um, it does require a DSB check uh, and a first aid certificate. But um, yeah, the Italian nanny. Wow. I mean, Bryony, you know what? does sound good but it's a slight problem in that oh god you don't like children you don't like children uh. <laughs> oh no i've i've ruined this week then moving on moving swiftly no no, no wait tell us why if it if it was a nanny for a very cute little italian dog who needed dog walking then i'd be very much on that but alas <laughs> sammy you should have been on an early episode when i found that dog walking and PA job that would have been really good they they do want someone who's pet friendly but predominantly I think you'll be looking after the children ignore the children (laughs) well if you don't like kids Sammy uh what about the other end of the spectrum oh yeah elderly people you like elderly people yeah now this is one of the nicest job titles I've ever seen Elderly befrienders oh, care oh. to drink tea and eat cake. Wow. So this is in a place called Deerham in Norfolk, which Bryony is probably aware of. Yes, Maybe. it's not that far from me, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not, the downside to this job is I'm not really sure how about the sort of long-term um, viability oh, no. of it. And that's not, that's not in a horrible way. I mean, because it's paid by the hour. So who knows how long it could actually go on for but essentially 11 pounds per hour and holiday pay on top this role will likely average 10 to 30 hours per week so realistically you could be looking at earning 300 quid plus a week which is quite good for drinking tea and eating cake drinking tea and eating cake so we're looking for people people to work one-on-one with older people in your local community um no age limits you just need uh, a full driving license and probably some access to a vehicle. I love that phrase, point. people, people. Like, oh. what are, are you going to yeah. be an alien person? You must not person instead. <laughs> no, that sounds amazing. You know what? I genuinely, right, so doing history at university and everything, and I was very, very close to my, my grandma, bless her, I would do that job for nothing. I would do that job for a story about their life. I mean, yeah, presumably the um, the person that you're looking after will provide the tea and cake. I mean, it's a bit of a game changer if they don't, isn't it? So. <laughs> so it says the duties here are companionship, a cup of tea and a natter. Oh. Some shopping, meal preparation, medication things, that kind of thing. Mobility stuff. Well, that does sound like a very rewarding job. Doesn't it? Yeah. So if you had to pick one of those to go down a career path to which one would it be it's tricky you know because i do like horses but i'm not sure if i'm a bit too high maintenance for the poo picking (laughs) 
<laughs> well, hang on. So if you've spent time with horses before, you must be accustomed to a bit of poo. I mean, this is the thing, but do you do you opt to do it or would you have your own horse and get someone else to do it? This is the thing. That, I guess that's the dream, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's the dream. And I hate to break it to you, Bryony, but I just... Uh, I shouldn't like little children. I can't deal with them. It's too much effort. Um, <laughs> however, taking some sort of fashiony granny shopping and drinking some tea with her sounds incredible. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Well done, Ollie. Yes. <laughs> I just thought as well, you're you could like you could um yeah take her shopping and give her a whole new look. Hundred percent. That would be amazing. Yeah, we'd be best friends. I'd get her on yeah. TikTok. We'd be doing dances. Oh, be amazing. I'd love that TikTok. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, I can see you in that, Sammy. Well, thank you. For bet... Ending my new job. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. So we're trying to end the show with uh, some proper consumer advice <laughs> for job hunting. Um, so our job this week. You may have seen it already, but if you haven't, the Mail Online are looking for trainee news and sports journalists. Uh, so it's for the Mail Online training scheme, which will begin in April 2021, a year-long program uh, that involves intense training, assessment, and on-the-job experience at regional daily newspapers and agencies. Uh, we'll be sharing the link to this on our Twitter. You get a two-year contract, competitive salary, etc., etc., and deadlines are sorry the deadline is on the 20th of november so go and check that out if you think you'd be interested in that apart from that i think that's all we've got time for this week so thank you so much to sammy for being our guest thank you for having me it's been lovely thank you sammy Uh, and congratulations on your on your third straight into third place i know well we knew it was gonna happen didn't we let's be honest it was it was written in the stars very confident uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well yeah you're the most confident guest we've ever had on certainly <laughs> maybe, maybe that's um unfounded confidence but you know fake it till you make it that's exactly what i think that's what everyone does especially in journalism i'm starting to realize that a lot of people don't have a clue what they're doing but just sort of get through it yeah i mean that's one thing which modeling has definitely taught me like being rejected you can deal with anything like and modeling from like a young age you get very that's true actually yeah you have to be confident because if you're not you're not going to be able to you know pull yourself together and keep going because it's not Mm. personal and that that has definitely helped me with um job rejections because i realize it's not a personal thing they're just not looking for a specific attribute which i have so sure that's helped me yeah oh that's nice well that's maybe something that our listeners can take away from their constant rejection letters that they may be getting like we are <laughs> uh but yeah it isn't personal and it's it's tough for everybody and we've just got to keep on plugging away and working towards the dream yeah you'll be the right fit for somebody if you just yeah, keep someone, trying someone out there for everyone yeah uh okay thank you very much for listening to jobs board this week we'll be back next week with another episode Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. Tell your friends. Good luck with the job hunt. Don't give up. And yeah, from me, it's goodbye. From George. Goodbye. And from Bryony. Goodbye.